0: Good to have you back, the Bill Michaels show. We continue on third hour of the program. Talked a lot of baseball in the first couple of hours. Brewers coming up tonight, six oh eight. First pitch. Freddie Peralta goes to the hill tonight for the crew. Gallon goes to the hill tonight for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Brewers in a must-win situation tonight. Otherwise, this thing is over. So hopefully the crew can uh, pull off the win. In the meantime, we talk a little NFL, our buddy from SB Nation, Mark Schofield, joining us over on the hotline. Mark, how you doing?
1: Doing well, Bill. Excited to be here. Hopefully the Brewers can get one tonight.
0: Yeah, you, me, and every Brewers fan around hoping they're holding breath collectively at this point that they actually uh, played a couple of runs in key situations. In the meantime, the Packers look to be getting Eric Stokes back, maybe Elton Jenkins back, helping out this team a little bit. Uh, I went over some statistics, and I looked defensively speaking, and I kept saying this: that for this team to have success, they need to be in the top ten or top five defensively. They are far from it. They are fifteenth uh, in many different categories, twentieth in points per game, thirtieth against the run, which is just awful and 21st yards per game uh, you know this defense is nowhere near as good as what many people predicted it would be so give me your thoughts on where this team is right now because they're one score away from being one and three or three and one to this point
1: yeah and I mean I think that's the best place to start is it's just a highlights how razor thin the margins can be for teams in the NFL because like you said one score one way one score the other way and you know it's a lot different one and three three and one and so you know, I think that's an important place to start. I do think that this is a conversation that feels like the conversations we had last year where there were expectations that the defense would be a much better unit than we saw last year, a much better unit than we saw this year, and you certainly walked through some numbers which are a bit jarring when you're talking about points allowed, you know, what you've done against the run, and, and in a year where... You know, one game seems to be a little bit more prevalent throughout the NFL where scoring seems to be down. You know, to have those kinds of numbers, to have that kind of lack of success in these categories, it's sort of a red flag. Now, there are some get-right opportunities for this team coming up. You know, you get the Raiders right now, a team which is certainly struggle. And then, you know, following that, you get the Denver Broncos in a couple weeks, a team which – You know, has had some woes on the offensive side of the ball at times this year, and it's also a historically bad defense. As bleak as things might look defensively for the Packers today, you know, Denver Broncos fans are dealing with the fact that this defense in Denver is a historically bad unit, and so there are opportunities to sort of right the ship coming up, especially with these next two games. But again, this is a conversation we had throughout the season last year. The defense wasn't where we thought it was going to be, and when. You know, you're hoping that the defense takes some steps forward, whether it's for Rodgers and an offense that was trying to figure out some new weapons last year or this year with, you know, getting Jordan Love his first season as a starter. You're hoping the defense can pick up some of that slack. When you're not seeing it, it certainly leads to understandable frustration.
0: With all the quarterbacks that have played at least uh, three games, uh, Jordan Love ranks 33rd right now. In the National Football League, in completion percentage, I mean, to me, I look at that as statistic more so than anything. Part of it's because they're not doing a lot of checkdowns and dump offs, but that becomes an alarming statistic when you're right now fifty-six point one percent and eighty-eight quarterback rating. That that's not good. That's <laughs> as much as we want to talk about all the positives out of Jordan Love. That's not; those are not good numbers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the completion percentage and, you know, where he ranks in the NFL is certainly jarring. And I I think, you know, something that's important to sort of keep in mind here is, like you said, the checkdowns. He's been very aggressive. He's, you know, got the fourth most attempts in the NFL right now, 19 attempts of 20 or more yards behind only Justin Herbert, Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. You know, he's... You know, 15% of his throws right now are in that area of the field. He's been very aggressive attacking downfield. At a time, the decisions are right, the receivers are open, but when you then miss those opportunities, when you miss opportunities on those deeper throws, then you start getting into second and lawn, third and lawn, it still starts to add up. And again, when you think about razor thin margins in the NFL, living in third and lawn is not a way to make money it's not a way to win games. And so I think he's going to have to go through this sort of balance and act of, okay, when you've got those opportunities, great, you know, take those, be aggressive. Don't, don't completely turn yourself into a check down Charlie here, but there have to be some moments where you pick your spots better. There have to be some moments when, okay, if you, if you see this look or you see this design, or you've got this opportunity to just take, you know, uh throw to the flat on first and 10 and get yourself into a second and fourth situation. Take that opportunity because, you know, you've got to be able to stay out of the sticks at times. You've got to be able to get your your teammates the ball in space and take advantage of what the defense gives you. Being aggressive is nice, but it can't come at the expense of sustaining drives and finishing drives of points.
0: Uh, the Detroit lions came into Lambeau field on a Thursday night. And I mean, just put it all over green Bay. I, you know, that to me was kicking down the door to say we've arrived and we're ready to take uh, the mantle of success in the NFC North. Did you see it the same way?
1: I mean, I certainly did. I mean, I, I know you had a great view. You know, I, I saw the photos from the booth and everything, but that felt like a statement game. That felt like a game where the Detroit lions said, all right, you know what? You, you've had your fun in this division for a long time now we're here, you know, we're not just doing this at Ford field. We're doing this at Lambeau field in front of a national audience on the Island game. We're going to play physical. This is a team that you know a lot of people have said, they've kind of taken on the molds of their head coach and Dan Campbell. I think the best example of that might be Jared Goff, who, you know, say what you want about Jared Goff. He's been, you know, people are in his corner people have also said that he's a product of the system and he was propped up by Sean McVay and now our offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, but, you know, he's playing good football right now. That's a physical football team. And that sort of underlying theme throughout the NFL this year of oh, maybe it's going to be a more defense-oriented, run-game-oriented, you know, physical type of game around the NFL after all these years of the passing game being king and you know all the light boxes we've seen around the NFL the past couple of seasons. If it does swing that way, if the pendulum does sort of swing this way, the Detroit Lions are in a very good position to take advantage of that, given some of the moves they've made, given the way that they play the game on both sides of the ball, given some of the additions they made, linebackers, running backs, tight ends, reporter looks fantastic. And so that was definitely a statement. win. We had a couple last weekend, but that was at the top of the list.
0: Uh, talk to me about Minnesota. Minnesota finally gets their first win of the season, uh, but they're still sitting at 1-3. and three. They don't look very good. Are they a team that you feel that can still comp- contend for the top spot in the NFC North, or do you think that their best opportunity was maybe last year or the year prior to that?
1: It does feel like that window might be closing a bit with them just because you know the, the offense still looks good. The defense, I think, is going to get better as the season goes along. But when you start sort of where you are, one and three, and you sort of look at the contrast with, you know, some of the teams around not just the NFC North, but around the NFC at large, like how do you stack the Vikings up in that mix? Now, maybe you look at some of their losses, you know, loss to the Eagles, a loss to the Chargers, you know, both one-score games and another one-score loss in the opener at Tampa Bay, which, you know, maybe Tampa Bay is a little bit better than we thought. And you might think, okay, well – now they get some one-score losses, but they're good losses in a sense. You know, maybe you think, oh, well, they can still make a run. And they've got two games with the Bears coming up. They've got a game against Atlanta. They got a game against Denver coming up. Cincinnati, that game down the, you know, down the road in December looks like a little bit of an easier road given how the Bengals have struggled. So maybe they could still make a run, but time is ticking here. And now you get Kansas City this week, which certainly looks like it's going to be a tough game. You get to one and four. You start thinking about Trade deadlines, moves that they might make? Did they move on for some players and start thinking about next year? Obviously, the Kirk Cousins situation is sort of looming in the background here. So it does feel like this is a season that's sort of teetering on the brink, right? Like, could they make a run? Absolutely. Could it go in the absolute other direction? That could happen too.
0: Talking with uh, Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield over on uh, Twitter. Um, two teams in the NFC. Obviously, Philadelphia has gone very quietly. To 4 0, and the San Francisco 49ers with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy still has not lost a regular season game since taking over as the starting quarterback in San Fran. Now, San Fran's got a big game, uh, maybe a statement game coming up with Dallas. This game this week with Dak Prescott, I mean, it certainly feels like it's a postseason game. Like, Dak Prescott needs to get over the hump and needs to have a good showing against the 49ers. In the meantime, the 49ers still have this dominance. Over the, over the Dallas Cowboys. How big of a game is it, do you feel, this early in the season for these two teams to match up?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge game. It's going to have a playoff feel. You know, maybe a playoff preview of sorts, whether these teams meet, you know, open round, division round, NFC Championship game perhaps. I think something that's going to be critical to watch, and in talking with a lot of Cowboys, you know, analysts, a lot of people that cover this team, watching this game, even their blowout win against New England this past weekend, Red zone efficiency. It's it's been an issue for them. They get into the red zone, they get close to the red zone, and they sort of sputter out. Even that touchdown pass to CeeDee Lamb, it came outside outside the red zone. It wasn't technically a red zone touchdown. You know, they've struggled down in that area of the field. And you know, if points continue to come at a premium in this year, if scoring remains down, you really need to make the most of those opportunities. And this is a very good 49ers defense. Fred Warner is one of the best, if not the best, linebackers in the National Football League. And that Niners offense has so many different ways to beat you. One week will be Christian McCaffrey. One week will be Debo Samuel. they got so many different players they can rely on. They can beat you in so many different ways. And so you have to make the most of those chances down in the red zone. And this is a critical game for Dak Prescott because, you know, the conversation around him remains unsettled. There are huge contingents of Cowboys fans that still don't think he can win a game like this. And so, yes, this is going to have a January feel to it when these teams get underway on Sunday.
0: Why do you think scoring is down in the NFL? You know,
1: it's a a couple of different things. I think it starts with offensive line play. I mean, I spent far more time than I care to admit watching all of New England's offense this morning. The offensive line has been banged up. Mac Jones has been pressured, I think, on something like 37% of his dropbacks, but they've been blitzed the second fewest times in the NFL. I think offensive line play is so critical, but players are banged up. The guys are having to move around as a result. Offensive lines are struggling a bit and being wide. So I think that's part of it. I think defenses have sort of caught up with where offenses want to be. And so I think that's part of it. Again, that sort of cyclical nature of football where offenses do something defenses figure out a response and offenses out a of counter we're sort of in that defenses have figured out a response i mean we even saw what was the main schematic element everybody was talking about in the start of the year right the dolphins in that little burst cheat motion Kyle shanahan calling it cheat motion and on a press conference a couple of weeks ago everybody started copying that well the bills had some answers for that and so i think we're in that sort of defenses have caught up to what offenses are doing so far now does it remain that way throughout the rest of the season i don't know i mean maybe offenses have that sort of counter punch up their sleeves. But I think that's what we're seeing. It's Offensive line play hasn't been great around the league for a number of different reasons. Defenses are catching up, and we're seeing the results.
0: Real quick, before I let you go, a couple of things out of the AFC that uh, are, are striking. One is Buffalo with the, uh, the beatdown they put on the Miami Dolphins after the Miami Dolphins a week prior put up 70. So I thought that was an emphatic stamp for Buffalo to say, hey, we're not dead, don't count us out. But the team that we probably should be counting out is Cincinnati. They look terrible. And say what you want about uh, Joe Burrow and the calf muscle, but he looks awful, to say the very least at this point, right?
1: Yeah, he doesn't look comfortable back there. I mean, he only had four throws, 10 yards or more downfield, and he can't really step into any of those. And for all the things that he does extremely well as quarterback, you know, no, I don't think many people would put sort of velocity at the top of the Joe Burrow when he does well list. And when you can't, generate that power in the lower body because you're sort of hampered with the calf injury. You know, those throws are just a even more of an invention for them. Now that team is very much like you said, struggling and it doesn't look like there's sort of any help coming on the horizon because you've got to sort of keep running them out there. I don't think you have a better option than Joe Burrow right now, but you look at their schedule. Yes. They'll probably get a win against Arizona, but that's a sneaky, tough team. Then you get Seattle, San Francisco, Buffalo. And even that game against the Texans at the end of that looks like a much different game than we thought it would be at the start of the year, because that's a team that's been pretty surprising. So, you know, we we sort of kicked dancing around it a little bit. Yeah, they started slow last year and made a run, and maybe they could do it again. But this feels a lot different than some of those slow starts they've had in recent years, and I just don't see this getting fixed this year.
0: Mark, appreciate it as always. Look forward to catching up again next week. Great stuff, and we'll continue to follow, okay?
1: Thanks so much, Bill. Always a blast. Enjoy the games this weekend. Good luck tonight.
0: Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Mark Schofield doing a little rooting for the Brew Crew. Hopefully they get a win this evening. you got uh, Thursday night football kicking it off tomorrow night. And uh, a lot of NFL stuff this weekend culminating with the Monday night game between the Packers and the Raiders coming up on Monday. So good stuff from Mark Schofield and our friends from SB Nation. Go to Mark, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D over on Twitter. Uh, That is, again, Mark Schofield uh, over on Twitter. You can catch his stuff there. So good, good stuff. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk a little NFL when we come back. Some big stuff going on in the NFL. Meantime, if you're going to be going and watching the game tonight and maybe you're not going to the ballpark, but you want to hoist one, maybe even hopefully smoke that Victory Cigar, the place to do it, Nice Ash, downtown on Main Street, Waukesha. 323 West Main Street to be exact, and whether it's uh, the bourbons and the whiskeys, cold beers, the draft, they always have different uh, types of taps on hand. They tap different ones every month. They have different monthly drinks, large walk-in humidor, 13 different flavors of hookahs. It's a great place, live entertainment Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That is theniceash.com, theniceash.com, or just check them out. Nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties
0: Good to have you. Hey, our friends over at the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. They got concerts. They got events. They got different fundraisers and stuff coming up. And they only live, it's, they're a not-for-profit, uh, which is one of the cool things about this place. So You get some great entertainment at an incredibly reasonable price. And if you're looking for some of the good concerts, especially as the holidays start to seep in, uh, they've got a lot of good stuff going on. They always have some really fun nights uh, that are planned and fun music and such if you're just a music enthusiast this is a great place to go the irish cultural heritage center right there on wisconsin avenue downtown milwaukee barely a stone throw west of the marquette campus but uh, call them 414-345-8800 get a hold of Corey again 414-345-8800 for concerts weddings meeting space whatever it happens to be keep it in the front of your mind we got a lot of good places that Uh, are around the area that uh, aren't utilized nearly enough and uh, there's a lot of people paying big money for other places when some of these really eclectic cool places are available so go to the irish cultural heritage and you don't have to be irish to use it by the way irish cultural heritage center 30 plus years in business and uh, they want to continue to go strong so uh, go to ichc.net that's ichc.net or call them 414 345-8800, 414-345-8800, 345-8800, 345 and I'm telling you, coming up on the dock, and I know it's a far way away, but uh, Cynthia is coming in March, the night before St. Patrick's Day, and we're going to take a big group, a bunch of friends of mine. We're all paying to go. I mean, it's not like we're going for free. We're all paying to go. It is going to be a freaking party, and they are going to do a little Guinness backstage and stuff. Uh, they've got a pub behind the, the stage we're all going to head to I can't wait. So if you don't go to anything else and you don't try it out, get your tickets now for Cynthia coming up the night before uh, St. Patrick's day, because it's going to be a blast. going to have an absolute blast down there. ICHC.net. Um, Craig Council said this. He said in a three-game series, you lose game one, your back is up against the wall, and you have to face the adversity, and we have to respond to it. It's as simple as that. We're going to be fine in the bullpen. No concerns there. We have to just come out and play a good game. Uh, that was just a little while ago. No mistakes. No mistake. I mean, and this is what I talked about a little bit earlier, was the the mistakes that the Brewers made were somewhat, you know, Tim Dillard talked about this too earlier, were somewhat out of the norm for them uh, with that many hits and, and, Grant went over this a little while ago, you know, hey, if, if he would have told us that, you know, all these different players, eight of the starters would have had hits and you would have had Tyrone Taylor going yard and all these different things would have happened. You would have said, oh, they would have won the game going away, but they didn't. Statistically speaking, they should have won that game last night. Just a couple of things that are boneheaded plays cost them. And, you know, it's like I said, it's kind of when you turn the ball over in football. You know, you make a couple of mistakes specifically on the base paths like that, and it just—it's detrimental. You know. So, anyway, long story short is I, I believe the Brewers have it in them to come back and win the next two games. But you can't win the second one if you don't win the first one. Tonight they got to win, and I believe they can. I believe they. Can. I'm going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be watching tonight. We have the huddle. Don't forget, 6 to 8 tonight on many of these same stations. And if you want to listen to the huddle and you don't get it because, say, the station that you have has Brewers baseball on, that means all you got to do is download the Zone app, Zone, W-O-Z-N, the Zone Madison, and listen to us tonight coming up. So you can listen to us and still watch the game. And then when I get off the air at 8 o'clock tonight, we're all going to sit down at some point wherever we are throughout the great state and beyond the borders and watch the, uh, the outcome of the Brewers game. And we'll keep you up to date through, the game, through uh, you know, the huddle tonight as well. But, um, you know, I, I think the Brewers come out w- and win this one tonight. Uh, at least I'm hoping. <laughs> if I had to put my house on it this evening, eh, I wouldn't bet my house. Wouldn't bet my house. But, and, and that's the one thing about playing with a lead like this for the Diamondbacks, they can play aggressive. They can play as aggressive as they, as they, they want to. The Diamondbacks won a game last
3: night. They weren't supposed to win. Rowdy was saying this on the morning show, and I think it's a brilliant way to to put it. The Diamondbacks dared the Brewers to beat them last night, and they couldn't do it. Like, they basically said, hey, Brewers, if you want this game, it's yours because we're going to hold our studs, and the Brewers let the D-backs have it.
0: Right. Completely agree. Completely agree. So now it's... Now, the, if the Brewers win tonight and they do it, like, much like Tim Dillard said, you've got to have a good outing from Freddie Peralta. He's got to go deep. Even though they say the bullpen's fine, he's got to go deep. You know, at least six innings tonight. At least. And don't burn it up. You know, the worst thing in the world would be is to get off to a bad start where he gives up a couple of long balls, can't find the plate. Uh, and we've seen him do this, where he can't find the plate, he can't throw strikes. Uh, you know, all of a sudden his pitch count just skyrockets in an inning or two. And next thing you know, he's out of the game early. And you, you can't have that tonight. Just can't. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that he has a good outing and the Brewers hold their own. And somehow prior to the sixth inning, uh, they take a lead and then don't relinquish it. Uh, that's best case scenario tonight. Because you just you don't want to see that, this team to have to attempt to come back and win a game, especially late, because it hasn't—it's been few and far between for this team to do it. More lately, but it's been few and far between for uh, this team to do it. So, 1670 uh, If you want to hit us up, feel free. Uh, Kathy says going to be down at the game tonight. Do you rec- recommend any shuttles prior to? Well, we always talk about the Stenny shuttle. So, if you're going to take a Take a shuttle tonight, go to Stenny's, second to National Walkers Point. But there's a lot of places in the area that run shuttles. But my preference, I mean, if I was going to the game, even though it was farther east, I would go to Stenny's because of the atmosphere, the restaurant, the food, the beverages, the people. Uh, and they get you there, and they drop you off right there next to the stadium down the first base line. You walk right up the hill, and boom, you're, you're standing right in front of the, uh, the front gate, and in you go. So, Kathy, appreciate the email. Ah, uh, this one's from, uh, Corey. Corey says, uh, tonight's game is going to completely hinge upon Freddy Peralta. If he does not look good early, they're going to jump all over him, get out to an early lead and the Brewers are never going to catch up. If Freddy Peralta is on fire tonight, then look for a couple of big hits, whether it's from a guy like Christian Yelich or and un- an unknown to come out of nowhere and give you a couple of hits and a couple of key situations. That's the way the Brewers have won games all season long. Um, and then real quick, uh, this one's from, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy says, Uh, Hey, guys, just got to keep the faith. crowd has to be into it tonight from beginning to end, and I believe that the Brewers are going to win. I think it's all going to come down to tomorrow, which makes me extremely nervous. Well, if the Brewers win tonight, then obviously it comes down to tomorrow. (laughs) No doubt about that. Uh, A little bit of the master of the obvious, but I get it. 877 867 You want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877 1670. If you're going to go someplace and watch the game tonight and a place that does a lot of different specials, that's Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. You can still check out the sunset if you choose to do so tonight. Sun is out now. Uh, but uh, tonight, Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. Guaranteed, it's going to be a good Brewers crowd in there tonight. Good food, good beverages on tap. They're always giving something away. I'm sure they're running specials tonight and giving away stuff when Brewers runs and such, but always a great place to go and watch a game right there on the waterfront on Pewaukee Lake, Lakeview Boulevard to be exact. Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, by chance, you're uh, maybe heading down to the game tonight or doing something this weekend. You're looking for a great place to go and really, really, really good Italian food. That's our friends at Calderone Club and San Giorgio Pizzeria and Napolitana right next to one another downtown. Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Downtown Milwaukee. Call them or just stop in, uh, whether it's spaghetti and meatballs, pizzas, uh, the chicken marsalas out of this world, uh, the eggplant uh, appetizers. The bruschetta, they're all fantastic. Get a hold of our buddy Gino down there. Tell him we said hi. But to San Giorgio Pizzeria Napoletana, authentic, certified from Napoli, Italy. That's San Giorgio's. And then Calderon Club is just really, really good Italian food. Whether it's a date night out, which they'll make special, or uh, just a, a gathering of some friends for a great night out and a great evening, of a little bit of wine, a little bit of food. And going home completely satisfied and, you know, way under-promised and over-delivered, that's called our own Club. Both places just absolutely positively awesome. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong in either place. No doubt about it. Um, got one here from Fritz, and Fritz living in Fitchburg uh, out in our Madison market says, uh, Council takes heat not because he's a bad manager, but because people want to think they're smarter and would make better moves. Tim Dillard had it right when he said a lot goes on almost every day with every decision. Very rarely have we ever heard Craig Council say, quote, I went with my gut. It's all about stat-based baseball, and that's the reason he's been so good, because he's embraced the new age. Uh, and that's Fritz in Pittsburgh. Fritz, 100% agree. Can, could not agree more. Um, they have embraced StatCast Baseball, they have embraced the sabermetrics. They have inv- embraced the launch angles and probabilities and, and things. And that's one of the reasons they've been so good at what they do, because of the way they can put people in positions to manipulate the numbers and make it right. Uh, sometimes it is your gut. I mean, Craig, Craig Council, though, he's not the guy that says, ah, oh, I did it because I felt that was right. You know, I mean, he's he's not that guy. He just – he'll give you the reasons why they make certain decisions and why it is they do what they do, and that's about the extent of it. Um, But they've they've always been – I shouldn't say always. When Craig Council took over as the manager, they have – since then, they have always been a very strategic – and this started with David Stern, strategic stat-based baseball team, as many teams are now. But the Brewers were one of the first to even go back uh, to like the pitching lab that they have out in uh, Arizona. Um, they have always been, uh, or tried to be, at least on the cutting edge, the forefront of a lot of this statistical stuff. And uh, Craig Council's been very, very good at it. Uh, so, and that's what I said before was, you know, you look at it and and say, well, you know, they have been good statistically and record wise, probably with less than what some other teams have. And that is what you would call the proof being in the pudding. Uh, Kevin in Milwaukee says, unit love the show. You need more time uh, and a bigger signal. Milwaukee. I'll be there tonight. I look for Yeli and Contreras to come up big, but we need a big moment from Adamas as well. He will stir the drink. That's Kevin in Milwaukee. Kevin, thanks so much for taking a listen to us in Milwaukee. Um, If you look, and I know, Grant, you've talked about this as well, that when you see big numbers or a number or a big moment come from Willie Adamas for whatever reason, as Adamas goes, the Brewers have gone. As much as we talk about Christian Yelich being back or coming back and having a better season and Contreras, who's really, really kind of excelled behind the plate, Willie Adamas kind of at times can be the straw that stirs the drink, you know? And uh, no, I, there you are. I wasn't sure if you were. Well,
3: no, I, I was listening. Sorry about that, Bill. I don't know what it is. Yelich uh, is really important to this offense. Yelich in 2018, 2019 powered this offense when he hit home mm-hmm. runs. Right. And he doesn't do that anymore. So I, I think Adamas' offense, and it's been this way since 2021, when he hits for power, it powers everybody else. Last night he had, what, a, a double and two singles? He, he had a couple base knocks, but it, it didn't really right. have the impact. They were looking for that big hit. The big, other than Tyrone Taylor's home run, they never got that big hit.
0: Right. No, I, I would agree. I, and usually when he gets that kind of a night, they win. So that's how important last night was because they really kind of, as much as the Diamondbacks can say, oh, we, you know, we won one, the Brewers can say we squandered one. And if this season ends tonight or tomorrow, that's probably going to be game one, is what you're going to look at and say Psh, that was the opportunity and and they let it slip through their fingers. Let's go to the phone calls. Let's talk to Ed, listening to us in Madison. Ed, how you doing, man? What's going on?
1: Hey, unit, um, I'm um, all in on Craig Council um, all year. I'm just having a head scratching moment about Jesse Winker. I'm just I can't put the numbers behind why he would one be on the roster. And number two, come up in a moment when we need a spark. I wish that it would have been Rowdy Telez because the fans, well, it just seemed like they were like, oh, God, here we mm-hmm. go, Winker. He hasn't been a favorable player for them all year. So I'm trying yep. to – I wish someone could please explain that to me if they could.
0: I don't th- appreciate the phone call. I don't think they can. I'll be perfectly honest. I don't think they can. I, I, I When I saw Jesse Winker was on the – on the postseason roster, I was surprised. Uh, I I don't know why. I I just I just don't. No reason to. He doesn't do anything for you. There's there's really not a lot that Jesse Winker has done all season long that would give you an indication that he. One should have been on the roster, or maybe even two deserved to be on the roster. Right? I mean, it, th- there was nothing good there this season. I, I. He. Unbelievably unimpressive this season for this team. Just doesn't. Do, do, Again, there's 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 not much there that I can go with. I completely agree with you. He's got he didn't a, even a, bat over two hundred this season. No,
3: he, he didn't. I think the the thought process from council is he's a home run threat, despite not hitting any home runs.
0: He only had one. Did correct me if I'm wrong, he had one this year?
3: Yeah, he had one, but I, I think it's more about who they, they pinch hit. Bryce Terrain has no pop and they don't trust him to get on base. They, they right. needed a base runner or, at the very least, someone with threat to tie it up with a solo shot. And Bryce Trang was neither one of those things. So that's, you know, that's the logic. It's really stupid. It seems dumb because it's Winker and he sucks and we don't like him and he hasn't played all
0: year. But that's the thought process. That's probably what Council was thinking. I would have rather had Rowdy toles. I, I mean if I had to be my if I had my druthers and you were gonna say Jesse Winker, Rowdy Telez, I'd go Rowdy Telez all damn day. Cause at least Rowdy Telez gave you a little bit of pop. Uh, it wasn't a lot, it wasn't anywhere near what you needed it to be, but at least you had a little bit of pop. Um whereas Jesse Winker gave you absolutely positively nothing this season. Nothing. Rowdy Telez, I don't I don't know how many he had, uh, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen home runs in a season. Um, and his average was awful, but it was still better than Winker's, uh, still at least a little bit better than Winker's. His OPS was a little bit better than Winker's. I, I, I have no idea if I was going to have my druthers, I would have put Rowdy and Rowdy Telez would be a better first baseman than, than Jesse Winker. At least Rowdy gave you a little bit of threat. Uh, Jesse Winker to me is his career is over. And this was it. This was his last hurrah, his last opportunity to kind of reprove himself. And it was just a dismal, dismal failure. And in a division that is a home run happy division in major league baseball. So that I agree with. beyond that, not a fan or beyond that, i'm a I'm a big fan of what it is the Brewers are doing, but it just and and then in typical Jesse Winker fa- fashion last night, when he does come in and he pinch hits, he was a strikeout victim. <laughs> it just it was like that that right there was probably you that that's the glimpse of Jesse Winker, and that is not what you want on a postseason roster. So if the Brewers advance, uh, I cannot I cannot fathom for the life of me, Jesse Winker, for whatever reason, unless he's got some cri- kind of crazy statistical number against the Dodgers. I cannot fathom him even coming close to being on this roster for the remainder of the postseason. Just it, it wouldn't make sense to me. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, and uh, Ryan says, and Rowdy, don't forget, is actually hit in the postseason. He was the only offense a couple of years ago in the playoffs. Yeah. Yep, you're absolutely right. You're at 100% correct. 877-867-1670. i uh, got to say thanks to our friends at Point Brewing. Uh, up in Stevens Point, maybe we hoist a couple of those in celebration a little bit later on this evening. S- uh, celebrating excellence, brewing excellence since 1857. Point Brewing out of Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Coon
0: Good to have you back. Hey, tonight it's Wing Wednesday at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They have the new weekly special. They've got, uh, consider this, Swedish meatballs with dill cream sauce served on a bed of noodles that kind of looks like uh, some mac and cheese. That's not sounding too bad. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Also, they've got... uh, They've got a uh, meat raffle going on right now to support the troops and uh, military members and such. So, uh, one dollar each or six for five. And so they've got a meat raffle going on over there. They've got the new uh, store across the street that has gone up, and uh, they're working that as well, and which is just awesome. It's got their different sauces, their uh, their blackberry. Uh, they've got a blackberry barbecue sauce. They've got a Kansas City house, uh, smokehouse barbecue sauce. They've got a a different Carolina mustard barbecue sauce. All kinds of stuff for sale across the street at the market, uh, the Boondocks Barbecue Market, which is right across the street from Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews on County Road K in Oconomowoc. So if you're looking for something good, looking for a good place to go and maybe some take-home stuff, that is our friends at Boondocks, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. And uh, you can check it out for yourself. Uh, But really, really, really good stuff over there. Coming up after the top of the hour, in case you missed it, Doug Glanville from ESPN on the call uh, last night, back on the call again tonight for ESPN uh, down at American Family Field. Um, He uh, joined us a little bit earlier today. You're going to hear that conversation coming up here in just a little bit. So stay tuned for that because a lot of you didn't get a chance to hear it in the first hour of the program because not all of our affiliates are on the network. So we're going to play it back for you. Come on up here. and If you heard it, that's great. That means you're with us all four hours of the program, and that is freaking fantastic. So uh, thanks to everybody for taking a listen to us. Um, the uh, <laughs> Jason says, uh, I'm excited the McRib is making a comeback again. OK, well, there you go. If you want to make rib sandwich, really, I mean, without all the onions and the pickles and stuff, just just go to uh, once a week. They're on sale. Those types of sandwiches are at Quick Trip.
3: <laughs> Bill and they are outstanding. They are. You, you take they're like that. A, what, like eighty nine or when, something? When I stick them in my pants I, I think, and you can fit them in your pockets, and when it's cold outside, they'll keep you warm. I used to walk back yes. from class. I'd grab a sandwich, and I'd, I'd stick it in my jacket pocket. It would keep me warm. But I, I tell you what, as I get older, Bill, and my taste palate evolves, you know, yep. I, I've become a little bit more discerning uh, foodie. I take that barbecue rib sandwich over to the, the condiment bar couple of white onions and a couple pickles oh, oh yes Bill. oh next level takes yeah. it to the next level
0: it's 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 incredible stuff uh, in a heartbeat in a heartbeat I'll do that right damn now so good stuff uh and yeah I would I would do that over the the Mick rib to be perfect you know I don't know what it is about <laughs> and I only say this because they somebody brought it up Todd brought it up but I don't know what it, every now and then you crave like McDonald's fries, right? You crave it. and You're like, oh, my God, I got to get some of those fries. And I don't know what it is lately, but I eat it and then I, I regret it. It's it. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if my body's changed or what. But I'm like, oh, man, I could use a fish fillet. Oh, I could use a Big Mac.
2: Oh, it's so
0: good. And then you eat it and you're like, OK, it was good. And then an hour later, you're like burping and you're like, oh, God. No, can't do this. Don't know what it is. Can't do it. But you go to Quick Trip and stuff one of those McRibs in your grill? Oh, Damn straight. Damn straight. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, Chuck says, don't forget about the nationwide test alert on uh, phones and TVs coming up at one uh, twenty Central Time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We will not forget about it. So if you uh, suddenly get an emergency signal today, that is the reason why. It is a nationwide test that takes place across the board this afternoon, uh, and it will happen at 1.20 Central Time, 1.20 Central Time, and that's when everybody's phones and everything is going to go off, and it's uh, it's it, you're going to wonder why, but that's the reason why. So just keep that in the back of your mind, because that, that will happen a little bit later on today. So, thank you for reminding me. Uh, Greg says the Brewers lost because they are in a small market. No. No. That's not the reason they lost. The And by the way, it, 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 this brings me to another, because right after that, uh, I've got another guy saying that they, they lost because of those dumbass challenges. Two things about last night's ballgame. Did you notice the time of the game? Was it like three hours and 40 minutes last night, Grant? Three hours and 36 minutes. I just looked
3: it up a couple minutes right. ago. Three
0: hours and 36. Ridiculous.
3: Sh- Ridiculous. Shot my night right to hell. Uh, the game ended. I was pissed off. I said, well, I guess I'll
0: just go to bed. I don't have time to do anything else. Terrible. Terrible. All these challenges and everything, and it taking so long. However, let me say this. Now, I believe. They got them all right. I know that pains some people, but I believe they got them all right last night. And while there would have been one or two that would have gone in the Brewers' favor uh, that were reversed, I think they got them all right last night. Just from what I could see. I think they got them all right. And I know people were booing, and the call on the field has been reversed, and people go crazy, but I think they got them all right. Uh, I'm sorry to say. So even though we complain about the offici- or the uh, the umpiring and we complain about New York and the length of time it does take, I, I think for the most part they got them right. And ultimately that's what it's all about. I'm not a fan of it taking so long, that's for damn sure. But ultimately they got it right. And the reason they lost last night, I, I mean, it, again, they had 12 hits. They had a runner on in every damn inning. They couldn't get anybody over. When you start out the game with bases loaded, or first and second, whatever it was, and nobody out and you're not plating runs, that's on you, man. That's on you. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that you got to play small ball and dropping bunts down to advance runners, but when you're losing by a couple of runs, every run, every runner matters. And you're not getting them over, and then you're running yourself out of innings. To me, that's right there where I would, you know, kind of place a lot of the blame for the Brewers last night. Right there. So I I mean I get it. I understand you're upset about it, but it's not because of small market. It's because they they committed enough mistakes last night that ultimately cost them a game. Doug Glanville, ESPN radio, you're going to hear his comments regarding the Brewers. He's on the call uh for ESPN at American Family Field. Stay tuned. You're going to hear that. That is coming up next on the Bill Michael Show.